Welcome to the Minimalist Educator Podcast, a podcast about paring down to refocus on the purpose and priorities in our roles with co-hosts and co-authors of the Minimalist Teacher Book, Tammy Musiowski-Borneman and Christine Arnold. In this episode, Tammy and I settle into the new season with a chat about advocating for minimalism. We discuss how important this is to protect our time and energy in order to be sustainable in our profession. Hi, everybody, and welcome to today's episode of The Minimalist Educator. I'm here with Tammy today. How are you, Tammy? I'm pretty good, Christine. I don't have any real complaints, which is sometimes unusual. Right. Yeah. Good. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. Pretty good. Pretty good. Um, we are talking about advocating for minimalism today and hopefully inspiring uh, others around us um, with some aims and aspirations in minimalism. Yes. Yes. Because it can feel hard, as we've talked about, you know, a few times in our previous episodes last season. Um, just how how much we have to do, but we really do need to advocate for the not only the idea, but the actions that we can take for just getting a little bit simpler because things are just overly complicated sometimes and we lose sight of what it is that what we're doing in our roles and what we're doing in our schools. And it feels it's just too much. And so if we can advocate for tearing down and refocusing on our priorities, it's going to be really beneficial to not only the educators in various roles in schools, but for students, because then they know that, you know, we're not floundering around because of other things we can actually, you know, they know that they're the focus rather than Sometimes, you know, teachers can drop the stress on the students without really meaning to because, you know, that's what stress does. Exactly. And I think teaching is one of those professions where not only is it very busy, very hectic um, whilst you're actually at work, but it's very common and um, presumed normal to work in the evenings and work on weekends and work in your vacation time. Um, and I know that, that that adds to a lot of um, overwhelm, a lot of fatigue, a lot of stress for people that uh, it's not just while you're at work, it, it continues on um, and you really have to uh, fight for your own time and your own lifestyle. Yeah, that's definitely true. One of the things that we try to advocate for our teachers at our little school is um, to do, you know, we really do pack the days, of course, because that's a school day. But we do really try to have, you know, support our teachers and not taking things home or as little as possible. So we do have teachers that will, and you know, a little bit before the early start of 730, get themselves started and acquainted with the day and and do some planning and then really just leave at that end time at three o'clock or three you know slightly after three and and people are pretty good with that and it it makes a big difference so people aren't hanging out in the building for 
endless hours. Um, and it does actually help it that it, for us, it's a shared space. So there's some times when we just can't be there. So we have to be thoughtful about the time that we are in the building. And because, you know, sometimes there are those things that when you're planning things, you need to go and get prepared and things like that. But when you actually can't be in the space, it's it's almost a blessing because then you're forced out. Um, and then, you know, you can't do the same things at home. So you just kind of have to let it go and, mm-hmm. and realize that it will be there tomorrow. Fine. Um, and it, And it always is. You know, we we try not to make anything like overly a big deal if something's not quite right. It's fine. Yeah, it's I don't know if you struggle with this, but sometimes if I'm, you know, leaving and I feel like, you know, maybe I've hung around a little bit longer than usual and then I go and see other teachers still in the in the building, you know, I might give them a little like, hey, it's five, it's five thirty, let's go. Everyone, you know, time to go. But I do feel like, you know, these are adults, they have, they have their own, you know, decision-making faculties and, you know, maybe that they don't need me to come and scoot them out of the building. How do you fall with that sort of thing? Do you try and encourage people to go home or do you leave them to their own devices? Yeah, most people are pretty good with, with leaving soon. And that was just from the beginning, like you don't have to stay super long hours, like try to just be here, you know, 7.30 to 3. Those are the the hours for teachers. And there's planning time and, you know, during specials and things like that. So teachers are really good about using their time efficiently at school, which is great. Um, There is one day where we've had to add a short after school meeting for, but for a specific purpose, um, because because we are a small school with a small staff, it was just not possible to have a full team meeting uh, with everyone at the same time. And so we had to say, okay, we're going to do this on Wednesdays for 45 minutes after school for this specific reason. But if we don't need to have that meeting, we won't have it. So like next week, we don't need to have it because we finished everything last week. So we really wanted to, you know, again, try to really stick within like we're done at three. You can stay if you need to, but you know, you don't have to. And so I do, I do hear, um, you know, like the appreciation for, thank you for just saying that we don't have to do things all the time Yeah, because you don't, you know? So, yeah. And I think too, with this time of year in particular, and we've, Earlier in our kind of North American school year, we're we're right at the beginning of August. I know you guys start a little bit later, mid-September with your students. Right. But you know, still this time of year with um, you know, we're we're moving into the fall season and people are starting to get the seasonal flu and bugs and things like that. And it just makes me think about how like we've really been pushing ourselves, like the stamina has been like super high. It's like, we're just going and going and going. And now people are like, Ooh, I'm starting to not feel great. (laughs) And so I always wonder like, is it possible for us to slow down a little bit at the beginning of the year, which doesn't seem possible, even though like, I felt like we've been very, um, 
intentional about the things that we've been bringing to teachers and like the timing of things, but it's still so much, right? Because everyone, their students and like, we have lots of projects going on and field trips and things like that. And so people are starting to feel that breakdown. And so this is a time of year for sure. And, and I remember just in years past too, where it's like, okay, how can we make sure we're still advocating for ourselves here where we are starting to not feel well and we have the teacher guilt of, but then I need to have some plans or, but go, oh, cause I'm okay. You know, but really your body's telling you to stop and, but it's so hard, right? Like, I'm sure you guys have the same thing. Yeah, absolutely. Like, You've got people starting to get run down, um, but sometimes it feels like it's more work to take a day off and get a sub in and, and do all the plans and make all the provisions for that. And, oh, my goodness, don't you feel the pressure when you are at home and it's the day off to just check your emails to make sure that, you know, if Johnny's going home with somebody else that the subteacher knows who they're going home with. Like you're still partially dialed in to school. You're not really 100% resting. Um, so yeah. it is really it is really important to to set yourself up with as many strategies and protocols and systems to to make these things as easy as possible if you can yeah and unfortunately we don't have like a, a guilt off button no I don't think <laughs> teachers are built that. like that no <laughs> no no it is so apparent though when, when we don't feel well it it shows with our students and even though get right the kids know when something's not quite right and it, it isn't really, even though it's short term when we're sick, you know, but um, it isn't really a sustainable practice long term either. And I know, again, speaking of sustainability with schools, like there's just not enough subs either. So there's that guilt on top of things. And, but we're talking about teacher wellness here. And so if we don't have well teachers, then the students aren't going to be well either. And it's it's unfortunate that we have to have the guilt, but I don't know. There's like no, there's no like easy thing here. There's like not, you know, there's not. And I think not just in your day-to-day, week-to-week, month-to-month wellness, I think if people are pushing themselves to these limits, we can only do that for so many years. And so if we want to keep passionate, caring professionals around in the field they can't they can't do that endlessly for 30 40 years you've got to you've got to find some sort of balance somewhere along the way because you can't you literally your body literally can't push itself and remain sick that long without some pretty dire things happening to you so sharing sharing any tricks or tips or strategies you have to pare down and and make things easier for yourself is going to be really helpful to the people around you for sure. I think one of the things that is really helpful and I saw it in action this week and heard about it and read about it actually with one of our teachers. um, She got some good structures in place for her students. Having some of those 
uh, structures have really helped release some of the the pressure off of her and some of the things that she was feeling. And, um, and you know, this is like one of the things that we talk about a lot, especially when we're talking about like learner agency and like, when does the teacher let go of some of that control? When we can take off some of the, the stress of like all of the things that we're doing for students when they can actually do them for themselves, right? We want our students to do the doing and the thinking, and then we can watch, observe and facilitate. That takes off a lot of stress from a teacher, right? So you're talking less and you get to listen more and observe more. And I think that's a huge, um, it's a huge lift off of a teacher when you can actually step back from that and just kind of enjoy the fruits of your labor, I feel like, where you're just watching your students in action. And you're like, yes, like we're getting to this point where I'm not putting in so much energy here. That is mm-hmm. a huge step. And if we can get more teachers on board with that type of thing too, like that's a that's a huge piece of sustainability in education, right? Sometimes we just like yeah. talk too much. We teach too much. We're giving too much to the students. So we need to step back, which is hard because like a lot of us are control people, right? <laughs> I don't know what you're talking about. What? <laughs> But you're so, you're, that's so true, though. You're so on the money with that because, you know, if we see our roles as I have to be prepared for everything and I am the decision maker and I am controlling where this lesson, this learning is going, and I am the transmitter of information as well as the giver of all feedback, then, yeah, that's a lot to be doing. And what's the student's role? Are they just passively receiving all of these things that we're doing to them, you know, we we want it to be an, an equal sharing of the education experience, really, don't we? We do. Yeah. And I feel like when teachers have success with handing over that baton kind of to their students, that's something we really have to celebrate and invite other teachers in to see because it is really a, a hard process. It's a hard thing to let go of, but it's so amazing to watch students in action when you're like, oh yeah, that hard work that I did at the beginning is really paying off now. And not just I, I mean, but like, you know, with them. And that is, I mean, isn't that the point of school, right? We're preparing students for life. Absolutely. I hope so. I hope that's what we're doing. That, that's been my plan anyway. Right. Mine too. (laughs) (laughs) And yeah, I think, you know, the the self-advocacy piece for teachers is is a tough one because like we were talking about before, you feel bad for taking a day when you're not well, but no one else is going to tell you to do what's best for you. Or you you might, someone might, right? Like you're not well, you should stay home but you're the one that has to take the action. Like it's one thing to think and feel even, I don't feel great. I should stay home or whatever it is. You know, I'm just kind of sticking with that same example, but also like you have to do it, Mm -hmm. you know? And like we tell parents, okay, it's sicky season. 
flus are happening, stuff is going on, keep your kids at home if their nose is dripping or they're coughing. But then if we come in with those things, what message are we saying, sending? Yeah, and right. and we strangely think we're showing some sort of like aspirational strength or something <laughs> that like, yeah. look at me, I can power through this situation rather than modeling what we actually want to see from from the families of like let's protect the community yes exactly and we know that teachers are superheroes anyway right Mm -hmm. we know that we can power through these things but it's not healthy and sustainable at all no you know I had a great reminder from one of my colleagues just recently we were tackling this issue that really wasn't, shouldn't have been on our shoulders, really. But we were trying to tackle it anyway. And at one point she emailed me and she's like, look, here are some resources, but I'm out. Like this is, I've got to draw a line. This, this I don't really have the bandwidth to deal with this right now. Um, so over to you. And I went, you know what? I'm going to pass this along as well. You've reminded me that I shouldn't be taking on things that are not in my remit and they're not in your remit. So thank you for the reminder. Good on you. I really endorse your choices here and I'm going to do the same. And so I, I forwarded it along to the the people that it should have been um, dealt with in the first place. And I think, you know, in that sort of way that we can remind ourselves and each other, remember what we need to be doing, what our priorities are, and if it's not one of your priorities in your role, then pass it on. Yeah. Yeah. No, that's great. Yeah. It's hard to do. Hard to do. It is hard to do. It is. But I think it is It is helpful when we can um, and, you know, encourage each other when it does happen. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Well, thank you for this conversation, Christine. It's always enlightening to talk to you it is good it is good to chat do you have any pare down pointers for us today I do I'd say that my pare down pointer for today's episode is to actually more self-advocating so you know really live up to not only being aware that you're doing a lot of things right and you know that or like understand that you have to pare down some things in order to, to really focus on priorities, but it's one thing to think it. And it's another thing to do it. Taking action on like just saying no, or saying I'm sick at home, or I'm going to hand over that responsibility to my students because I know they have the capability and I'm going to step back. So taking actions on those pieces so that you can be Uh, better in your role. You can have clarity in your thinking because there's less in your own mind cluttering that space. And just feeling that that bit of uh, of stress around caring around things that you don't need to because there are other people to support you in the process. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Do you have an additional pare down pointer? Yeah, I think I... I've got a few things in my mind, but I think the one that I'm going to talk about is being mindful of what you're talking about with your colleagues. So when we're being mindful of what we're talking about with our colleagues, 
we really have an opportunity to keep that focus on that work-life balance. So if all of our discussion with our colleagues when we're getting a cup of coffee or getting lunch is all about what's happening in our classroom, what's happening after school, before school, that email you got from that parent, yeah, when you got to school this morning, that sort of thing, we're, we're re-inhabiting this world of like this is everything, this is everything all the time. But if you make if you make that conscious decision to say you got any plans this weekend, what did you do last weekend, got anything going on tonight, what show are you watching, what book are you reading, and keep the conversation around the rest of you, the rest of your life and what you've got going on because that is so important in who you are as a person. I think, you know, you're you're really trying to inhabit that idea of this, this is your job and, yes, you're passionate, but this is your job and there is so much more to you and I value the rest of you as well. And it's also probably really healthy for us to have that mental break away from work because it's it's very hard um, when you're in a school campus to get a break from it because <laughs> constant reminders all around you all the time. So it's if we can do that for each other and, and provide that little mini break for each other, I think that's going to be really helpful. Yeah, I love that. Very true. Thank you, Christine. Thank you, Tammy. Till next time. Today's episode was brought to you by Plan Z Professional Learning Services, forward-thinking educator support. Find out more at planzplservices.com. Be sure to join Tammy and Christine and guests for more episodes of the Minimalist Educator Podcast. They would love to hear about your journey with minimalism. Connect with them at PlanZPLS on Twitter or Instagram. The music for the podcast has been written and performed by Gaia Moretti.